Hey JD Tribe, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight, brought to you by the Journal Deck, a 52-card deck where journal prompts meet oracle cards to bridge inspiration with action to help you live your best life full of self-care and personal growth, which is now available for pre-sale until July 31st, and we need your help to get fully funded and go to print. You can check out thejournaldeck.com slash shop to donate even five bucks or shop for your deck or mala. I'm your host and founder, Alyssa Cousins, and today we have Brittany Hoogenboom, best last name ever. She is one with the source, a healer of the light. She is a woman of many roles, and she took the lessons from her troubled teenage years and used them to grow into the woman she is today. Brittany owns and runs a donation-based metaphysical healing center out of her home in Olmstead Falls, Ohio. She works with students who have experienced physical injuries and or emotional trauma, and she is the mother to one amazing tiny human who is her biggest cheerleader and motivator in life. She believes that a daily journal entry, even if it is just one sentence, improves one's intuition and conscious life awareness. So with that, I welcome... Brittany. Hi, I'm so excited to be uh, on your podcast today. This is this is something I think I've dreamed of this to be on a podcast, especially my girlfriend at work and we're always like um, sharing our favorite podcast. So this is really cool. Awesome. Yeah, guys, this is Brittany's first time being on a podcast. So this is really cool for me. I'm sweating right now. I'm sweating. You're nervous? Yeah. No reason to be nervous. We're just chatting. We are two women chatting. That's what girls do. Yeah. They true. talk. Very true. Yeah. They, we we're, we're just giving, we're just having a really conscious conversation and, you know, we happen to be recording it. <laughs> That's it. This is cool. I'm okay. excited. Cool. So happy that you're here. Okay. So. Before we get into the first question, I actually would really love if you could kind of clear the air about what it is actually that you do, because I think that when I say, you know, you have a metaphysical healing center that you help people with physical injury or emotional trauma, that's not exactly sometimes for a lot of people clear about, well, what does that actually mean? What does she do? It sounds really intriguing, but they might not fully understand it, especially if they're not immersed in that um, health, wellness, yoga, meditation, that conscious type of world. So could you kind of elaborate on what you do? Yes, of course. So um, my business has been transforming or my little healing center has been transforming over the last two years. Um, When I first came up with this idea to do something on my own, it was to combine physical therapy and yoga and use that as like a yoga type therapy. But I really, really love working with energy. I'm a Reiki master um, and a metaphysical adept. And I'm working on a non-secular doctorate in metaphysics right now. Um, So that's more of my calling. I I love working with the anatomy of the body. But working with the source energy or the product energy is, I, I definitely know that's what I was put here to do. So over the last couple of years, I have taken steps to build something up and then break it down and rebuild something up and break it down. So today my studio um, is Reiki energy, energy work. It's chakra aligning. It's 
um, working on intuition. It's a lot of energy work, a lot of self-love, self-care within to help people heal themselves from the inside out. And then I combine yoga therapy to make it like the ultimate session. Mm. So what's like the best type, you know, of a client for you? What are the people that are mostly coming to you? What kind of traumas do they have? Are, are they always physical in nature or could they also be that there's some kind of a block in their life? Maybe like they, for, for example, like I know a lot of people, I think, I've heard this before. I even had a friend ask me. She said, I just can't seem to find the right, the, the man. She's looking, she knows she's looking for a man in her life. And she's like, I feel like I have some block that I'm not aware of, that I cannot open up to the right person. Like they're not finding me. And I don't know what that is. If there's some energetic block in my life, like who comes to you? So actually I have people from, from with all different uh, injuries or traumas that come. Every time somebody comes, they most likely have a physical injury. But physical injuries, if you work with energy, then you know that it's a block of energy or a stagnant part of energy in our bodies. That's something that's not flowing, something that needs to be balanced, and it's coming up as physical. Mm -hmm. So I'll have a student come in, (coughs) and they may have something like um, upper trap pain or pain in their hip. And what I do is... I'll ask them a series of questions or we'll do uh, some meditations and we'll work on releasing that energy in that physical form first or the energy form in the physical body first to see if we can get that energy moving and then we'll do yoga or even just sometimes we just stand up and shake our bodies to see if we can move that energy out. So it could be somebody who has a car accident who was born with a congenital Mm. deformity, somebody who's going through anxiety, depression, and the stress level is causing them to have neck pain. Because our, 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 she has a little one with her. If you guys hear him, he's totally fine. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. So yeah, I have, I have students from every, every background for, for, um, anxiety and depression, people who people who have been in car accidents, people who have injured themselves playing um, sports. It's everything because Mm -hmm. our physical, uh, any physical injury is really also an energetic injury or an energetic imbalance. For example, um, in myself, I'm working on my own hip. That's been like years of of emotional trauma since I was a child that that I wasn't even aware of, you know, things that hide, hide in our body that once we start working with things or like, or speaking of that situation or um, making it aware that that stagnant energy will start to move. And then that's when we have that um, healing. Yeah, we have the healing. That's when, that's where the healing comes from. It's from drawing within and looking at things that we haven't looked at or Mm, uh, taking time to pay attention to, to self care. Really it all comes down to really self care. Because if we can find everything within ourselves, we can heal ourselves. That's so cool. Because I, I literally, I'm as I'm sitting here, this is really cool context. And I know, Brittany, you'll really, you'll be like, wow. Um, I'm literally sitting here with currently, I have um, a belt on for SI joint and pelvic stability because I've been getting such bad hip pain in my glute and my SI joint. And it's a chronic problem. Um, so, yeah, talk about stuck energy. <laughs> yeah. There's a and lot you know of... What? And yeah. you know what too is the that 
we we can use we are so all aware of this the chakras you know and i don't think we utilize the chakras as they should all the time i guess maybe in the united states we hear about it so much and but in eastern anatomy that's really something that if you take the physical body or the western anatomy and put it on top of the eastern anatomy with the chakras you can literally lay out and pick and choose what your issues are and what things that you need to work on and you'll notice that pain or sensation in those areas will start to change Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like the SI joint you know that's something with the sacral chakra and if you pay attention to what is associated with the sacral chakra and you start working on those specific things even without moving your body you'll notice the pain dissipate okay so are you down? Like, what would you, if you, if I were a client of yours, just so people get an idea if they want to work with you, and I'm like, hey, I have SI joint. I have an instable pelvis due to scoliosis. My pelvis goes out of whack. I get SI joint pain. What's going on with me energetically? Um, I would ask questions about your relationships with yourself, relationships with significant others, relationships with family. Mm-hmm. It could be um, something that happened in your past. Maybe, you know, people, we have a lot of things that we hide. It could be like sexual trauma or um, something happened in your childhood. It could be an injury to your sacrum when you were younger. So we would dig down deep to figure out what are those things that's associated with that area for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when my students come here and I, and I just ask one question, it triggers something and people get really emotional. Mm-hmm. That pain can also intensify while we're talking about things like that because it's bringing it up to the surface and now it's starting to move. Right. So for you, I would say something like, um, well, how are the relationships with your family? How are the relationships with your significant others? You know, things that are all related to the, to the sacral chakra mm-hmm. and you would start digging down deep. Sometimes it's overactive and that's where the instability comes from. Like that's how my sacral, my sacral chakra is. My hips are really, really lax and it's, it gets really overactive. If you have really tight hips, then you know it's underactive. The balance is between strength and flexibility. That's how you know where your chakras are aligned. If you have a balance between strength and flexibility at each point in the physical body. So what would that mean if someone was instable? Like, what does that mean? Like, when you say, I can understand if it's, like, too tight. But what I, it always confuses me when people say, oh, you have, an, you have like, an overactive chakra. What does that really mean? It's... To the extremes, like when you take things to the extremes, people who are impulsive or spend a lot of money or just don't think or speak before they, before they think, you know, it's that it's, it's to an extreme. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no gray, it's black and white, you know, there's no balance to it. Gotcha. doing it or they're underdoing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clearing that up. That was fun. <laughs> Welcome. See, and like, then I feel like that... Uh, I think it helps a lot of people because when you hear about energy work, I don't think a lot of people actually know what that means. No, I don't think they do either. But, you know, right now I I told one of my friends and I said, um, she lives in St. Louis and she is so awesome. We call ourselves witchy woos. I was like, how's your, uh, how's your magic down there? You know, and we don't even see each other very often, maybe once a year. And um, it's funny because we we are paying attention to the growth of energy work and this um it's like a metaphysical movement that's happening right Mm -hmm. now in our society and it's quiet you know it's like a little it's like underground right now but you see it growing like it's in cleveland clinic has 
alternative medicine and Reiki and I don't know if they have chakra aligning yet, but Cleveland Clinic, University Hospitals, and those are big places. Ooh, so yeah. It's up. It's slowly creeping up. And I, when I told Kelly, my friend Kelly, that I was like, I'm dipping my toe in this and, you know, this is what I want to do, but I want to make sure that I could still survive off of my purpose, you know, obviously trusting in the source, you'll survive. But um, she said, Britt, you have to follow your heart because as, as little as people know about it now, it's going to grow. The, mm-hmm. the world of energy and dealing with um, healing yourself from the inside out is going to grow. People are realizing that going to the doctors is not always the answer. You can figure out some things inside yourself and change your, change your way of life, change the way you think, change the way you think about yourself, and it will help you heal disease and physical ailments and emotional ailments and just everything. Mm. Preach. Yeah, really. Yes. And I totally, you know, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. So I'm like, I'm on board with you. Like, I'm like, yes, I get it, girl. Like, let's do it. Like, let's bring it up to the surface here. Let's like totally raise the vibration. Let's bring it up to the, you know, the the, the normal consciousness of everyday people. And that's amazing. I did not know the Cleveland Clinic had Reiki. That is badass. Yes, I know because it's quiet. They keep things quiet, but it's there. Cool. When I saw, when I heard that Cleveland Clinic had Reiki, I was, I was ecstatic because that means that people are listening, you know, people are paying attention to things that they cannot see Mm -hmm. working. I'm also a physical therapist assistant. So I know working in the medical field, everybody wants scientific research. Well, sometimes you can't give scientific research to magic. It just is what it is. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just believing it's believing and changing and returning to your home vibration. Like you said, raising our vibrations and it doesn't even have to be raising our vibrations it's about turning to returning to our own home vibration to heal Mm -hmm. ourselves because we're all vibrating at different frequencies but when we force ourselves to do things outside of our own vibration it it decreases like it's like a domino effect it it goes around and it and it affects everybody you know Mm -hmm. so cool Okay, I'm so I'm sorry. No, I'm like totally. I'm like sitting back and I'm just like taking it all in. I love. I we have not had an energy worker on the podcast yet, so this is awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is cool. Okay, so this question is what I normally start with, but I really wanted to clear the air with the energy work. So I love this one, and I always get a different answer. What does self care mean to you? Um, I actually posted today. Uh, I started a Magical Mama Monday, although it's only my second Monday and I missed it. But I posted today this woman who had made me realize that self-care was my top value. Mm -hmm. She's a life coach in Cleveland. And we had to do this this work. She's she's also uh, one of the first people that I worked for when I was a yoga teacher, when I first graduated teacher training. And one of the things we had to do, one of the activities was list our values. And self-care and self-love was on the top of my list. Self-care is everything because if you don't take care of yourself, there is no way you can take care of other people. And I started to realize that when I was going out and doing my job in life and everybody thinks I'm the happiest person, but I come home and I would be angry or take something out of my husband or, you know, just want to go to bed. And then I realized it's because I wasn't taking care of myself. So when I started realizing there's things that you have to do in life in order to live out your purpose, one of them is take care of yourself. Even if it means sit down and just breathe for five minutes just by yourself, you cannot live out your full potential if you don't take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. That is truth. 
Mm-hmm. It is everything. It is everything to me. I, you know, I spend a lot of my time now, the last 10 years of my life, trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And then I realized if I just took care of myself, everything will come. Mm, okay. That leads us right into the next question, which is then how has your relationship with self-care evolved or changed? Oh, it has, it, it has taken my life in, in at, at 360 because like I said, you know, it's, it's something that if I'm not happy, I can't make other people happy. And my job in my purpose on this earth, in this body, is to help other pe- people find happiness and healing in life. And I could not do that without taking care of myself first. I notice when I'm falling under with my self-care because I won't enjoy my sessions with students. And then I'm like, okay, something needs to be done, you know, mm. paying attention to what do I need to work on? Is it, do I need to just give myself an extra half hour just to do nothing or sleep in on one day, you know? Do I need to stop forcing myself to clean up something when I want to just sit down? You know, it's just the little things that you can give yourself every day that's that's super, super important. And that has helped me become the healer that I am today. That's a beautiful uh, awareness, though. You said when I notice that, like, I don't want to be sitting with a client, like I'm actually annoyed, like I don't want to be here, that that's a red flag. Yeah, it is. It is because... Any time that I get annoyed with something or anything, I notice that, it, I mean, obviously it's coming from within. It has nothing to do with that situation or that person. And that's when I need to step back and say, okay, what is something that I can change to make myself better so that I can be better for that person or this or my family or that patient, you know, because it's not about me. It's about me to be about every, about everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said like... In terms of the, what was self-care? What did that, I mean, was it non-existent before? Did you, like, what, 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 what changed? Like, what was the thing that was, like, the turning point for you, really? I think it was the, I think it was existent, but it wasn't enough. And I would throw myself under the bus, like, run myself ragged. So when I was, when I first started um, college, I never slept. I was up all night hours of the day studying, doing things, and I realized, and I got really, really sick. I had sleep deprivation, and um, I started to lose it, like mentally lose it, because that's what happens when you don't sleep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I started changing things. I added, you know, I started doing more yoga. Um, when I was in school, I had stopped doing it so much because we were so busy with studies and clinicals. I started doing more yoga. I started adding more meditation. And I started noticing. I was happier and I was enjoying what I was doing more. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started adding, you know, each year I started to pay attention to something that I could change in my life that would change my environment and allow me to enjoy what I was doing more. Like even going to work on Monday, I changed, I make my, you know, I manifested the schedule that I have today in physical therapy. The day that I graduated from, from school and the day that I took my boards, I wrote down exactly what I wanted, the schedule that I wanted. And today I have it. In order for me to enjoy what I do, I had to make sure that I was going to be happy with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it has taken, um, it ha- it's, it's that those little things, that's those little awareness, those little moments of awareness that changing something in my everyday life every day of every year has helped me enjoy my life and enjoy being a healer. 
So how quickly from the time, I love that you said you literally wrote down, you graduated, you did your boards and you wrote down, this is what I want my schedule to be. How long did it take you to manifest that once writing it? Three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three yeah. years. And I can remember when I realized that I'm like, oh my God, holy shit, I am living out this. And I found the piece of paper. That's what made me realize I was cleaning something out. I'm like, I'm living this. I'm getting paid exactly what this piece of paper says and I'm working the schedule exactly what it says. Although I was not in the place that I wanted to be like the facility. And then I want to say it was January of last year. And then August, I'm at the facility that I'm at now. It's like my dream facility. I have a team that I've never imagined working with before. They're all amazing. Everybody gets along. We're like, we're like the superpower uh, therapy team. We have chiropractors. The girls up front are awesome. The, the doctor is amazing. My boss, I've never imagined having a boss like I do now. He's, mm. he's amazing. I told him, I'm like, you know, I don't always want to, I don't want to work in therapy forever, but I do want to kind of work for you forever because you're so awesome, even though I want to work for myself. But it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing that, that today I am exactly where I wanted to be. That's beautiful. And, and it's I, all from taking care of myself. Yeah. And that I, you know, I tell people all the time, like, hence the journaling, right? Write things down. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That is one thing that also helped, you know, when I would write things down and have to reread it or write feelings down or how I felt about certain situations. And then I went back and reread it and, and I don't reread things often. It just would happen to be like, oh, I'm cleaning something out. Let me see this book. And I would say, holy cow, I am so happy that I grew past how this feeling was on this piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm so glad that I wrote this down because it helped me release it. Or help me realize exactly something that I need to work on. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. And I love that it's like, you know what? Yeah, that took me three years. But in the long run, that's not very long. It's not no. an instant thing. Usually manifestation, it can happen fast. Like it totally can. I've seen magic happen really fast. But it also can take a little bit. And people, I think we we always want that quick fix in our society But you're like, listen, it took me three years to get this exactly the way that I wanted it and that I envisioned it. But nonetheless, in the grand scheme of things, I'm here and I'm happy and it only took three years. And I believe that I helped manifest this, that I co-collaborated here with the universe to make this happen. Exactly. And actually, you just repeating that about how we want quick fix, it kind of reminded me because I'm working on manifesting something now. And I know it might may take years and I'm getting impatient, but just listening to you repeat exactly what I said is just a reminder to myself that patience, patience and trusting, you know, patience, trusting and self-care will get you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Amen to that. Yes, exactly. I, I, every, yeah. We're speaking the same language. Yes. <laughs> we are. We totally are. I'm all about trust. Trust, trust, trust. You have to yes, trust. Yes, me too. You have to trust in yourself and you have to trust that the universe and whatever the hell you want to call it is taking you exactly where you need to be. It, you just said, I have listened to a Yoga Girls podcast about, I don't remember what the title was, and the mantra that she used and I stole it from her is, trust that life will take you where you need to be. That's exactly what she said. I use that with students all the time and it's a right reminder to myself also, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of your life and trust, and you will go exactly where you need to be. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take care of yourself, you'll fall. Mm-hmm. 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 Or life will just, you know, knock you on your ass and just yeah. make and you aware. Up and say, yeah, exactly. Wake up and start taking care of yourself so that you can do what you need to do. Yeah, I had this amazing realization. I was just at 
Wanderlust Snowshoe, as I had told you, and I went to this um, class with Amy Ilpioti. I think I'm saying that correctly. Her last name, I might be butchering it. She's oh, a, yes. Okay, yeah. I it, know yeah, 90 Monkeys is her um, yeah. training. She's like an international yoga instructor, and I went to this class for Happy Low Backs, it was. And she had this amazing statement, and she said, I want you to feel your best because if you do not feel good in your body, you cannot serve the world the way that we need you to show up. That is awesome. And I was like, yes. I'm going to have to write that down. Yes, that is awesome. Because if you're in pain, even if it's like emotional, physical, whatever, you know, if you're in pain, you can't serve, you cannot show up the way that this world, and let's be honest, the world does need people that are, you know, dedicated to like the light work um, that, you know, we need that right now. And if you're in pain, whether it's physical or emotional, you cannot serve. Exactly. Yeah. it's exactly. You're not doing anyone any favors by just staying in that place. And not work, not doing everything that you can to come out of it. Exactly. And you know one thing that goes with that that just popped in my head is we we are in this life and everybody <clears throat> is on this trip of searching for exactly what their purpose is. Like, oh I work for I work for McDonald's and that's not my purpose. Your purpose might be working for McDonald's or working at the gas station because everybody has something to give to something to somebody else. Like, who is going to do that if it, if we don't have somebody to do it? You know what I mean? Who's going to be the person to open up the gas stations if we don't have somebody to open up the gas stations? It's just about loving ourselves. If you love yourself, you will enjoy every job that you have. You know what was really funny is there was some, do you remember Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs? Yes. I read something that said um, he did like a, he, did, he does speeches, I think, or he used to. And, you know, he worked with these people alongside of them doing these shitty jobs that no one wants to do. Literally, that gross jobs. Dirty jobs, right? That was the whole point. And they, he said they were some of the happiest people. Um, I think because they just, like, I don't know what it was. Like, they just, even though they were doing what no one else wanted to do, I think that they just kind of, for some, for some reason, they just, like, loved their life. Like, they... They didn't want it to be another way. They weren't grasping for something else. They were just like, it's so weird how they had these jobs no one wanted, like you said, like working at a gas station or something. But he said they were some of the happiest people. And you have to wonder what that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, it's amazing how you can go somewhere and somebody's doing something so simple or somebody's doing something, a, a job that you would never imagine doing and how happy they can be. And if you check into their life, and see what they do for themselves, they most likely take care of themselves and enjoy all of their family time, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like a pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, um, let's see here. What are your three favorite self-care practices, rituals, or tips? Ooh. Um, my first would be some type of physical exercise. So, of course, I practice yoga, mostly shtanga. Um, I went through this thing like the last two months where I'm like, I'm going to do free movement. And then a couple of days ago, my body was like, you just are in a shangi, so just go back to your mat. So um, definitely yoga, meditation, mindfulness, something where you're breathing, breath awareness, something where you're taking time to just check in with yourself and, and free your mind from the society that we live in today. And can I pick four? Because I have four. You can. <laughs> okay. 
baths, taking a bath and journaling. So those four things, taking a bath with some Epsom salt and some lavender oil or something, I swear it will fix everything in my life. I I got sick for the first time in five years in January and I had a fever of 103, an ear infection. I'm like 27 with an ear infection. My eardrum blew up. I didn't even go to the emergency room till three in the morning. I just kept taking baths and it made me feel better until I realized I need to go to the emergency room, but baths are everything. I love it. I know I have, I love baths too. And we've talked about baths on this podcast multiple times. They're amazing. I mean, if you're sad, go take a bath. If you're happy, go take a bath. You're (laughs) celebrating, take a bath. If you're sick, take a bath. You're right. Just go take a bath, put some Epsom salt and oil and you'll feel better. Maybe that should be the name of this podcast episode. Take a bath. If you're sad, take a bath. If you're happy, take a bath. <laughs> yes. Take a bath and then write about it. Write exactly about how you felt in the bath. Yes, exactly. And then like, okay, how can you feel that way all the time? What can you do in your life to always feel the way that you feel when you take a bath? I think that's funny that you said that because I was just talking to a student about chasing a high. I think you don't have to feel the way you always feel in the bath. I think we just feel how we are in the moment. I think... In our in this uh, mindfulness um, metaphysical movement that we're in, or yoga movement that we're in, <clears throat> we're always chasing this high that we have when we're feeling our best. But even when we're feeling our worst, we're feeling our worst for a reason, you know. So I think mm. um, I think that it doesn't matter how you feel in the bath. You don't have to feel that way outside of the bath. You can just use your bath to feel that way, you know. It could be like a place where you only feel how you feel in the bath. That's so interesting. Have you ever read The Desire Map? No, I never have. So the whole premise is, um, it's, she says it's not about chasing the goal. It's about going for the feeling. And so that's why I had said it. Is, is it's like um, she says, I, when this is interesting, because it's kind of like right up in contrast to what you just said. It's by Danielle Laporte, the author. And she says, you know, we chase goals in this society to the point of like, exhausting ourselves but if instead we went for feelings that's why I said the bath thing where she says um you know what if instead of chasing a goal that like is just a random goal like I want to make this much money I want to have that kind of car I want to live in that kind of house do those things actually really make you feel the way you want to feel and if the answer is no then why are you chasing them it's her whole premise Oh, I like that. So she calls them core desired feelings. And so you pick, and I used to be a facilitator for this. So I would literally help women like do like, okay, like we're going to come up with three to five core desired feelings. And this is how you like design your life almost. And you work through this process and you get to the end and you go, okay, here's my core desired feelings. I desire to feel abundant. I desire to feel radiant or whatever those words might be for you and you kind of design your life around those feelings you look at your career you look at your relationships you know you look at your self-care you look at your health and you think even even in your environment like your home how you decorate and you think do these things make me feel the way I want to feel and if the answer is no then it's kind of a reflection back of well then why do you keep doing them yeah, that's true. That's true. I like that. And I, I think, I think. Uh, but I totally get what you're saying too. 
Yeah, I think I think it's important to pay attention and, and know how we want to feel. I also think it's important to be okay with how we're feeling at that moment, even if it's not a desired feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's going to make it. It's going to bring you a, a, an epiphany in your head, like okay, I need to change this because I don't feel okay with this. Or it's about you know, like maybe you really are in the job that you love, and you're de- and you have that feeling of desire, but one day it's a bad day. It's sure. just about accepting that that's how it's going to feel. All our feelings are temporary. Mm-hmm. If we were on a high all of the time, we would have no reason to learn. We would have no reason to be here because we wouldn't be learning anything. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like when I <clears throat> when I think about people who might be enlightened on this earth and still walking around, I always wonder, do they even feel? Because feeling brings suffering. You know, even mm. happiness feeling brings suffering because when you come down from that happiness, you're like, why am I not happy anymore? And now you're suffering and you're wondering and you're thinking and you're doing all these things and you're chasing. How can I get that high back instead of just accepting where you are right now? True. Yeah. Or, no. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or I think about are those enlightened people just accepting the feeling that they're in? You know, oh, mm. I'm sad. Okay, I'm sad. Move on. Oh, I'm happy. Okay, I'm happy. Move on. You know, did they remove all desire to even feel you know I, I always think about those things because I think accepting how you feel at that moment is important it is an important part of the journey instead of always trying to alter what we want one I'm reading this book right now it's called frequency and I have keep, I've been reading it for months but I always keep going back to like different pages and rewinding and rewinding and one thing that's really helped with my healing and my self-care recently is paying attention to your home vibration. So the lady explains it as Penny Pierce explains it that when we're in our home vibration, everything falls right in place. You could be feeling sad and still be in your home vibration, but notice that everything is everything is falling right in place because you're vibrating where you're you were put on this earth to vibrate. So mm-hmm. for example, um Say you're, you're exercising every day, you're on a streak, and one morning you get up, and you're like, man, I, w- I really wanted to sleep in, my body's really tired, but you push yourself. Then you, re- then you notice, wow, I'm so drained from exercising, why do I feel drained? Because we're chasing, we, that whatever morning that was, you were chasing that high of the previous mornings, instead of accepting the fact that you could have just, you wanted to sleep in. It's that willpower thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> willpower is actually an ego an ego chasing something you know it's our ego oh well you've got to do this because it's your willpower but that truly brings you out of your home frequency because it's your body telling you oh well go do this but your but your heart is saying hey I need a break but we're using this willpower and we're pushing ourselves to do things that our mind doesn't want to do or our body or our hearts don't want to do and in the end it ends up bringing you out of your home frequency well said. Yeah. It's amazing how if you just accept, like, there's obviously some things that we have to do, like going to work if you, you know, if you don't want to go to work, but you can find some enjoyment in it, you know. But, like, certain things, like, on, a, on my day off, I don't force myself to do things anymore. I used to have a list, like, I have to get this cleaning done. And then I would be exhausted. But if I know, like, okay, today I want to get this cleaning done, that's when it's going to be the best, and I'm going to feel like I got something, you know, I, I accomplished something. And if I don't want to do something, I just don't do it anymore. Otherwise, I feel drained. I feel like I push myself to 
to chase this feeling that wasn't what was in my path that day. Mm, Yeah, I love that. It's like, yeah, you can like have, you know, these, you know, I want to feel abundant or these affirmations, but you also on the same token, like have to have that realization that you're a human and you need to like accept that that's not going to happen at every moment of every day. Exactly. Because everything is temporary and Mm -hmm. all of it, it's about growth and paying attention and just accepting, you know, accepting where we are today, accepting and trusting that the universe is putting you exactly where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Acceptance has come up also a ton on this podcast. Almost, I swear every episode, someone says it, you know, something about acceptance. So yeah, we're all, we're all talking the same language. We really are. Yeah. Okay, so for your last question before we do rapid fire, I would just love for you to share a little bit because this is the journal deck. I know you said that you're like, I totally love the idea. So tell me about your journaling practice. Like, What does that look like? Why do you do it? When do you do it? How often do you do it? Just kind of riff on that. My journaling practice is completely random. I actually carry a journal with me everywhere I go. Just in case I have a theory or an epiphany or an idea or – a moment where I just am upset and I'm like, I just want to write something down that I'm grateful for in this moment so that I can find gratitude in this uncomfortable feeling, you know? But um, sometimes I sit down and after meditation or prayer, I write down (coughs) what I am praying for or what I'm grateful for. My journaling is kind of like my life. It's just all over the place, but I journal every day. I take a second, even if it's just one sentence to say, Dear universe or dear God, I am grateful for this moment right now. That's it. Close it up and put it away. Just just a moment just to write down anything, you know. Uh, today I got this done. Or even a list. Like even journaling a list. Like today I would like to do this. I always take one second. Sometimes even while, if we're going places, I have my journal with me. And my husband's always driving because he hates when I drive. I'll journal in the car. You know, everywhere I go, I have it at work. Sometimes I I don't write it in my journal, so I have pieces of paper, like, all over my life, and sometimes I'll just write something on there, like, okay, I need to write this quote, or uh, just a sentence, just so I can reread it and see how it felt after I let go of it, you know? Mm -hmm. But my journal practices, it's been like that for my whole life. I I am, like, a journal freak, and I, (laughs) I, I am obsessed with notebooks. Like, I cannot go to Target without going past the notebook session and section and like putting 10 notebooks in my cart and then like putting all 10 back like you already have 10 at home why are you buying 10 more you know (laughs) I know stationary hard and they're so cute I love fresh pieces of paper I love fresh pieces of paper and I love journals that are full and stuck with like flowers or notes from other people or now like artwork from my son or from my niece or you know it's your life it's like history it's like history and future and present all in one yeah, and now I see, like, I just have this vision of seeing people, like, sitting down and having the deck in front of them, the journal deck, and being able to, like, have their pretty notebook open, full of their life, and, like, pulling a card and being like, oh, that was the perfect prompt today. I'm so excited to write yes. about that. I, know. I, I love, I can't wait to, to get a few of your decks and start giving them to students, because that's going to be great. Like I told you before, that's one thing that I always give my students, like, write it down. Even when we're in session... I most likely have one activity that we do where they have to write something Mm -hmm. down to release it or write exactly what they want in life or, you know, even I have them write letters if they're dealing with a specific person that Mm -hmm. we're working with that's um, 
that they're letting steal their their empowerment from or something, mm-hmm. you know, I have them write letters to them. That's another thing I do in my journaling. Like I will write letters to people and never give it to them. Yep. Because even though I never give it to them, it might be something where I can't figure out how to say it with compassion and I want to write it down first so that when I do speak to them, I have I have taken that time to alter what I want to say so it can be in a compassionate way. Or maybe I never will say it. But that energy is there on that paper. So that message will get to them. You exactly. Know what I mean? We just did, um, for those of you listening, that you did the, if you did the write it out challenge, um, we did uh, forgiveness letters. We did, it was an eight day challenge of, write, of journal writing. And one of them every single day was different. And on one day it was forgiveness letters and writing a letter of forgiveness to someone exactly like what you said. And if you weren't ready to forgive someone, then you could write an angry letter. Instead, if you weren't quite ready, because I think you need to be ready to forgive. So if you weren't ready, and that sounded like a hell no, then I said, okay, fine. Like, write an angry letter and spew everything why you're angry at this person without the intention of sending it. Like, just, like, write it all out. Get it out. Or write the forgiveness letter, and maybe you give it to them, or maybe you don't. So, I, again... Me and you just are talking the same language. Like yeah, we, we obviously, really are. this is awesome. I am so grateful to have connected with you for real. Yes, I you know. know our, our tribe, especially the women, our woman tribe is like we are. We could create a circle around the world right now, holding hands. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's growing. It's really growing. It it's is. Beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Okay, so we've come to the fun rapid fire questions. I just want you to say whatever is, you know, pops in your brain. Okay. Okay. So if you had to describe self-care in one word or feeling, it would be? Whoa. Self-care in one word or feeling. It would be intense. Ooh, intense. Okay. Intense. In terms of self-care, I could be better at... Organizing. <laughs> Organizing things. Okay. My favorite form of self-care movement or exercise is? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yoga. Ashtanga, you said? Yeah, Ashtanga. Okay. My self-care secret weapon is? Crystals. <laughs> crystals. What's your favorite crystal? Oh, that I can't, I don't even have a favorite. I have hundreds. I have them in my pockets all the time, in my purses, in my car, on my windowsills, every room, in water bottles, in plants. How about what? What do you feel really connected to? Quartz. I have two pieces of clear quartz. I have hundreds of crystals, and I could carry those two pieces of clear quartz every single day. Okay, quartz, clear quartz. Uh, let's see here. You said you love baths. I was going to say bath or shower, but you said bath. Yes. Bath. Okay. Milk chocolate, dark chocolate, or neither? Dark. dark? Okay. We're on team dark. Most of the guests are team dark. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> okay. And last question. What is a mantra that you live by? An affirmation you live by? Something. Trust. Surrender and Trust that the universe is putting you exactly where you need to be. We've come so I, I have to remind myself that all the time. Really, it just would be surrender. Mm, now we've come full circle right back to where we where we started. We were talking about that. Yeah. Yep. Trust and surrender. Okay, my dear. So 
that is, we've come to the end, and I would love you to tell listeners where they can find you on all the social media places, all the things, your website, if they want to contact you about doing energy work, since I'm sure that they're probably super interested now, and they're probably like, oh, I need someone to tell me what, you know, what why energy, I need my energy aligned. How can yeah. we find you? Um, Instagram, Lady Boom Yogini, L-A-D-I, Boom Yogini. Uh, Facebook is Synergy Soul Yoga, LLC. My website is SynergySoulYoga.com. It's being updated. I've been updating it for months, so I keep saying that. Hopefully, it will be done soon. And my my email is contact at SynergySoulYoga.com. Awesome. And do you have any type of um, consultations for people that are interested? Yeah, actually, um, I, it, through email, if I do online or distance sessions, it's always through email and um, it's just like a little questionnaire to see uh, what you want to work on or even if you're ready. And you know what the thing is, too? I don't ever really reach out to people. Uh, I allow people to come to me because when people come to me, that's when they're ready to release what they're what they're going to be releasing. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right, Brittany, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. This was so awesome. I, I can't wait to listen to it because I'm sure I was rambling about some random shit that nobody's going to even know what I'm saying. No, you weren't. I swear you weren't. (laughs) It was beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome and thank you. All right, guys. So that is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck, which is now available for pre-sale along with our exclusive Mala necklace only until July 31st. Simply go to thejournaldeck.com forward slash shop. The best place to stay connected during our journey to getting fully funded is to join us over at the private Facebook group. It's amazing. We've got like 100 plus women in there. It's called Journals and Journeys, where I'll be keeping you in the loop of our sales goals and shipping, and we do fun challenges in there, as I said. We'll have a meditation one coming up soon with journaling. I honestly cannot wait for you guys to hold one of these decks in your hands. So until next time, I am Alyssa Cousins signing off for the journal deck. Music by Lee Rosevere.